It's NCAA PP or something? NACP. NACP. National Association of African American. No. Of African people? You don't know what the NAACP stands for? No, I don't. (laughs) It's not in Canada. Is it racist if I tell you? No, tell me. Canada. Canada, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where in Canada? Let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. Well, I, I know where you're not from. Yeah. Calgary. You're not from Calgary. You're not no. from Edmonton. No. Uh, you're not from anywhere in that center. So you're either from, I'm guessing, uh, I'm guessing either uh, Vancouver, Toronto, or Montreal. Not from Montreal because I don't hear that weird, the weird, uh, the weird accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're either from Toronto or Vancouver. I'm gonna guess. I would, I'm gonna guess Toronto. You're. I, I'm from Vancouver. Well, Vancouver Fuck. area. Well, you know. You know why I didn't say yeah. Vancouver. Why is because of Drake. Oh yeah, because of Drake K. I lived in Toronto for a long time though. I lived in Toronto for like eight years. Yeah. So it's you, so funny now that you say that. I totally hear your Canadian accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sneaks Wait, out. A who little introduced bit. me to you? Because you, you came up on our bus. Yeah, we were watching your videos on our bus. It might have been Mark Smalls. It's Mark Smalls. Yeah, because I. I thought it was Dave Williamson. Uh, I don't think I've done stuff with Dave. I honestly haven't done stuff with Mark either, but I've done stuff with the Friday Beers guys, and then they work with Mark, yeah. and then that's kind of like the tether between from me to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, uh, that, yeah. Your videos are so fucking funny. Thank you, man. Thank they're you. They're so fucking funny and they're so good. I I didn't even start doing that until the until the pandemic started. Like I I was I was doing stand up. I started doing stand up in like 2014, and then just was like grinding stand up, grinding stand up. Then I started working for a YouTube channel. The YouTube channel did like uh, top ten lists and reaction stuff, and so I started doing that with them. And then pandemic happened and TikTok was blowing up. And I had a buddy with like all stand up was shut down, especially in Canada. So yeah. oh, but you were still living in Canada, still time. living in Canada at this time. Uh, and so uh, I had a buddy who was doing TikTok stuff and we did a weekend in a city outside of Toronto that was still doing shows. And so I saw how much reach he was getting with his TikToks. And I was like, man, I would have to do like 40 shows at this little venue in order to get the same amount of reach. So I was like, why don't I just start cranking out these TikToks? And then I just started doing that, taking kind of what I learned from you working for the YouTube channel into my own content and just like started hammering it. Like I was posting like six times a day, every day for like a year. For real? Yeah, I was on it like crazy. Like I still am on it crazy. It's still the backbone of what I do. But what I first started i was like spending an hour a day making content and then like an hour to a day like researching how to make the content and that was like the whole process of so wait it. so wait can, Halston, can you pull up his uh 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 TikTok. I so I follow you on Instagram. I don't even follow you on TikTok. So in my Instagram <clears throat> and TikTok, there's so my TikTok is more me reacting to like anything. Where Instagram's my, tits. It's Instagram's like straight, straight tits. tits. <laughs> Dude, I sent it. I've sent it. I've, I've wanted to send you videos. Oh, dude, because, hit me with because there's one. There's one. I'm a, I'm gonna say here. I'm gonna send it to Halston. I'm gonna send it to you right now. I love it. Love a good titty vid. Uh, dude, I I do too. And I know my wife's listening to this right now. <laughs> But I do too. I sent one. We were talking about HR violations because we, you know, we're obviously a company. Yes, yeah, so you got to watch out. And and these are not my reading glasses, by the way. Well, and you have a lot of women working for you as well. And I, so I'm you, only fucking women. So like you're, you got to be, you can't be just sending titties around in the group chats and the work okay. chats. Halston, how do I, how do I? This is a good one. This I almost sent this to you, knowing that I'd see you today. Halston, how do I send it to you? Share to. I got it. Birdie Boy Productions. Oh uh, yeah, I'll do it just in to, to you. Good call. I'm wondering. Okay, 
All right, I just sent it to Halston. So wait, so so what was your what was one of the ones for you that kind of changed the game? Oh man, like, we would have to go so deep onto this. For, in so how, here, how many followers do you have on TikTok? I have seven point eight million, I think, Holy on TikTok. Fuck. So my TikTok's been cooking, and it's been like that's been what able has helped me like sell tickets and so everything. Done, I saw you do that True Fear. I saw that video. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've yeah. done that ride. Oh yeah, you have yeah, you done I've it? I've done that ride. You know, I've done so many things in my life that because uh, I, I was in a, I was. Ultimately, I did Adventures of a Lifetime yeah. for uh, fucking nine years on Travel Channel. Yes. And I've done so much shit that is, I would love to have people comment. I remember thinking, it, this could be so much better. But And, and then I, when I watched your stuff, I was like, God, man, you, that, you've dialed it in to like, like just like you got, it's, you're so good at like saying the thing I'm thinking and then commenting on the thing I'm thinking and and dialing it into that i think what i've always wanted to do when i'm making the content is like you will be very honest about my reaction to it uh like honesty is something i really try to stick to in all my content uh and then try to write a minimum of like three or four jokes and everything like like make sure you're like i'm working the comedic side but also staying very truthful to what it is and i'm not trying to say like what i do is like really heady content or anything like it's pretty lowbrow humor but that's the stuff i enjoy yeah i like lowbrow ridiculous shit i do it's it's my bread and butter. Yeah. Take a look at this one. I so immediately, <laughs> immediately. This Love is, it. by the way, this is a cooking video. <laughs> Love it. This is a cooking video where it is aggressive nipple. Yeah. You can see when you can see the outline of the areola through the shirt, you know, <laughs> you know, you're cooking. I love, I, there's so much I love about this video because I go, yeah, sure. Put the shrimp on the Barbie. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm here for. Yeah, exactly. When there's so many of these videos, especially with the birth of TikTok, where it's like she's doing carpentry or she's doing whatever, but it's like, we know what the backbone is here. And it all usually feeds back to an OnlyFans, which is like OnlyFans is given like a direct thing from being hot to making money. You can like, there's a direct line. Dude, I wonder, you know, it's so funny. I, uh, I, I I was thinking about you this morning because I went to I went out to breakfast with a couple of uh, TikTok stars that I'm a fan of, and I was talking to them about the business. And I could you could see I mean this respectfully the rudderlessness they had about what they were doing next, yeah, or where they were going. And it's so funny because I don't do I don't make anything as funny as you do on on social media. I appreciate that. Thank but, you. Like sincerely, you've made us and the bus laugh so much so much that like you'll be scrolling through and you'll hear someone in the bunk next start laughing and they go what is it and go i'm sending it to you right now and then so, but it's interesting is that you have a game plan yeah you have a game plan for this and that's the part of it i think a lot of the only fans ladies don't really have a game plan I think for me, the whole thing from day one has always been stand-up. Like, I started doing stand-up. The only reason I make Instagram content and all the stuff is because of stand-up. And so knowing that always has it, it gives you uh it gives you guidance like it, like i know if i get offered to do this thing or that thing like someone offered me recently they're like oh do you want to do like a weed brand and i was like i don't really smoke weed and it doesn't really feed back you don't to smoke the, weed i smoke weed a bit i'm yeah. way more of a drinker i drink uh, i'm a fucking drinker I know you're a drinker yeah God, damn it i wish you had told me we'd be drinking right now dude we can pop we Let's can have pop. a fucking drink yeah i'm totally down hey, to Pete, have a drink. can we get a cup you like whiskey uh i'll do, do anything you like, hang on do you like um have you ever had uh Hang, um, have you ever had an uh, Aperol Spritz? Yeah, of course. Oh, 
I love Aperol yeah, Spritz. Yeah, Aperol Spritz is great. Hey, is someone downstairs listening to me? Can you grab us two? I don't even know if we have Prosecco down there. But if we can, two Aperol Spritz or two whiskeys. Dude, that's a great, nice. great drink to start the day, too. Dude, great I'm, drink to start the day. I'm, I'm starting my tour tonight I, at midnight. I We got on a flight, so technically I'm on tour right now. That's it. Yeah, so you got to start drinking. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I'm so glad. So yeah, I'm not much of a weed guy either. See, so I've always had bad paranoia with weed, and I've had some really bad experiences. You do I, not look like someone that would ever have anxiety or paranoia so i'm i've managed it a lot over the years like i've i've had like really heavy mushroom trips that have really helped me like work through my insecurities and stuff like solo tripping and and coming to terms with okay thanks keep going with where my fears and all these things come from and it's like the baggage that your parents give you that's not yours and how to how to let go of these things wait how do you uh so yeah how do we find out the baggage our parents gave us? Because I'm dealing with that. So me personally, I just did a bunch of mushrooms by myself. I literally did like six grams of mushrooms. And I had this wild mushroom trip where I felt like my body was sleeping, but my brain was awake. And it was a time in my life where I was only sleeping like four four hours a night. I was like streaming on Twitch. I was doing stand-up. I was working. I was brand new to Toronto. Like I was grinding my ass into dust. And I felt like my body was showing me the mushrooms are showing me what my body does when I sleep. And it's like, oh, like my ears were clearing. My sinuses were clearing. Like you need to heal. This is why you have to sleep. And then after that, I had this whole thing where I was like hugging myself and looking in the mirror and saying, I love you and pulling out all these things that like my parents said to me that uh, experiences I had that made me feel insecure about myself, made me feel stupid, made me feel uh, less than me. Like I have that inner voice that's constantly doubting yourself. Do you feel like, do you feel like you have, uh, I'm not, I'm not sure uh, if this is the right thing. Uh, it's, I think it's called generational trauma, meaning like I, I once wondered, if because my grandfather stormed the beaches in Normandy, mm -hmm. that anxiety, all that shit that happened to him, the PTSD, yeah, it, it hit my dad a little bit, yeah, and then it hit me, and then I wonder if like a person of color in Canada, although mm -hmm. Toronto's pretty fucking, Canada's the experience in Canada is much safer and yeah. nicer than what what's going on over here. Going on here is yeah. pretty bad, but I, there's still you know it's like we like I remember we were in fucking New Zealand one time and I was like. I was asking this Maori dude, do you guys have racism? And this white girl goes, we don't have racism like you guys do. You guys focus on it. We don't have it. Everyone's the same here. And then she got out and he was like, they're racist as fuck. <laughs> and I was like, really? And he goes, yeah. Yeah. And she just explained racism to you as opposed to letting me explain it. So there you yeah. go. But like, I wonder, do you think, what was your trauma with your parents? Do you think? Uh, my <clears throat> parents were just kind of in like a crumbling marriage for a long time. And there really? was a huge amount of tension between them. There's financial tension. Uh, there was like a whole bunch of other shit going yeah. on and only uh child? what's that only child no but i'm the i'm the youngest of four but i'm the only that my parents had together so uh oh. my sister on my mom's side was there since i was born but she's also nine years older than me and then i have a brother and sister on my dad's side that are nine and ten years older than me and they came over at different times so they were in montreal and my brother came over hey there you go thank you I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Right on. Well, we got to, you got to remember it. He's, he might, I don't know how his Aperol spritzes are. <laughs> check him out. Hey, well, cheers. Thanks for cheers. doing this. Thank you for having me, man. To Canada. Oh, not bad. No, that's pretty good. Not bad. I like that. Um, so, so, um, yeah. So it was, they were going through a lot and they, uh, and they lashed out at us a lot. And so it was like, 
Uh, like my mom called me stupid and a moron and all sorts of things. Like I can't even count how many times like it was. And that's like on the lighter end, there was a lot of really venomous communication that went on. Me and my dad worked through that eventually. And like, we came a lot closer and me and my dad were always a lot closer. And then my parents got divorced and then we were able to have like a genuine relationship. Um, so it was like unpacking all these things, unpacking that it's like, I always feeling like when you're in a room of people that everyone hates you and like getting taking that away. And it's like, that's not mine. I didn't think of that. And it's not true. And the mushrooms helped me work through that, which I don't think if that's the healthiest first way to tell people to deal with any sort of insecurity, but it, it helped me a lot. Um, What's and, the, yeah, I don't think I don't think that I always feel like an outsider. Yeah. Like I always feel like I feel like everyone knows each other. Like I, this is the dumbest thing. This is the, I'm gonna I'm gonna sound like such a fucking Hollywood phony fucking bullshit piece of fuck right now, but like I was today I was like I was like I said this like really I was listening to the Dead last night and then I found out John Mayer's touring with the Dead mm-hmm. Dead and Company or whatever and I was like God John Mayer's cool as fuck and I was like I was like I'm gonna follow him on Instagram and so I followed him and then I was like I want to see who he follows see if he follows any of my friends he follows every single one of my friends but me and I said that's the story of my life. I said that's the story of my life. Like I've never, the I've never know the cool people before anyone else. I'm always the last, and I felt like that in grade school. Like I felt that in grade school. Like I was always. I remember. Do you remember when girls would be like, "Oh my god!" You like a new girl would walk in, mm-hmm. and they'd be like, and you'd be like all sitting there, like, "Oh my god, uh, Brenda's from uh, from Vancouver, and she just got to town. We need to set her up with someone." And you, I'd be sitting in the corner, like right here, over here, over yeah. here, and they'd be like. You know who we got to set her up with? Dave. He is so great. He is such a great guy. And I'd be like, I'm right here, motherfucker. Like, I'm right fucking here. Well, that feeling, that feeling, like, I feel like a lot of people carry this. One, you have to come to terms with that. It's not true. That these things aren't true. And that it, it, they're they're manifested from, like, insecurities that were brought on to you. Like, I know this stuff is, it's not easy to overcome. Like, I came here today being like, oh, Bert's going to hate me. This is going to go bad. Are you da, serious? Da. Oh, this is, that's my inner dialogue all the time. It's so funny you only made me laugh. Well, I hope, I Isn't hope. crazy? <laughs> yeah. I, I, my only experience with you is making me laugh. And that's, that's it. And <clears throat> I, but that's just like, I, and I, I've learned to catch myself. I've learned to use that as a trigger to when I have those thoughts, be like, no, let it go. And meditation is a great thing to help you catch those thoughts and to let them go, to not bury them. Because before I would bury it, before I would have the negative thought and just be like, ignore it and push it down and it would turn to rage or sadness or whatever. Now I can honestly like take a breath, relax, go back to baseline and just be like, just be present, just be in a normal moment. I witnessed a grown man one time uh, I will not say any names. Uh, he got a bad comment from someone, and he went after the guy, and the guy followed him and got in his DMs, and he said what he was going to do to him yeah. if he found him, and what he'd do to his fuck. And like it was, and the guy was famous. Yeah, and the kid was uh, like twelve, Jesus. and he showed it to his mom, and his mom got in the DMs and was like, and by the way, if if it wasn't his mom. Then that troll was, was a goddamn so genius, and that's the was thing with the goddamn trolls. Goddamn genius! You can't. There's a there's this thing called the rules of the internet, and one of them is don't engage with trolls. If you engage, they win. Like it doesn't matter if yeah. you try to reason or if you are right or like whatever. They all a troll wants is a response. So you just can't can't give them any response. You just yeah. need to let it flow through the ether. I, I've, I I I I say this, and I know this is a horrible thing to say. I appreciate 
good trolls. Oh yeah, like absolutely. I appreciate good. There's some there are some trolls that are out there. Like uh, I did a Reddit, ask me anything. Yeah, and you know it's, it's very monitored. Like you don't see any of the bad questions yeah. people are putting out there. And and I'm I've never been on Reddit. Yeah, but there was one. There was there was one where I was like, just read me all of them. I want to yeah. I want to hear. And they started reading all of them. And I, there were a few that made me fucking laugh out loud. <laughs> there was a few that was made me laugh out loud. And I was like, and there was one that the guy got me good. And I was like, I was like, I got to reply to it. I got to yeah. reply to it. And uh, but man, there it's you know, there should be there should be like a troll hall of fame. Oh yeah, for sure. There, and there's some that do it publicly, like. I think Andrew Tate, all the stuff he did was yeah. just trolling. He was trolling. Ari trolls. Oh, Ari, Ari. Ari was the Ari was the ultimate troll. Ari trolled people. You know, the Kobe thing backfired on him. Yeah, he, he went to. And that's the thing with trolls. If you look at all the trolls, like you look at someone like I take Andrew Tate for an example. Yeah. You you push it, push it, push it, push it, and then you push it too far. Then he ends up in prison. It's like, Ari, push it, push it, push it. The thing about a troll is you have to keep pushing the envelope to stay relevant and to keep people interested. Yeah. So you need to know when to pull the ripcord and change direction. Maybe you could become a nice guy or take your money and pack it in, whatever it is. Yeah. But he, Milo, he was another troll. Milo and, was a fucking... And took it too far. You take it too far and well, then you Milo get Milo got in trouble for saying that he... So that he and I don't want to, because I never met Milo, but it seems like all my friends are friends of Milo. Mm -hmm. And I, I never really, I mean, I know this is, I don't, I know it's weird to even, because it's like, I never had a problem with Milo at all. I don't know him at all. I, I just know, know what the internet says about yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. But like, what did he get in trouble for was technically something about underage saying something about underage boys he, so i think the thing he was trying to make a difference between like pedophilia and a different type of like underage sex thing yeah. and he was like saying one is okay and one isn't but one was still like having sex with like 16 year olds and that was i think again he's like pushing the envelope he's trolling how yeah. do i get a reaction he took it too far and then it's like then you'd get destroyed because there is i mean there's there's like trolling is in all of us yeah like, a lot of comedy somewhat is trolling like you troll when you say like uh when you you'll you'll say a statement like I used to say, you wanna hear something really racist? And that's a little bit of a troll. Yes. Cause now everyone's like, what the fuck's he gonna say? Yes. And then you have a lighthearted response. Yeah. And then and it's and it's but it's a way of grabbing like a lot of comics troll their first line is a troll. Yes. To get the audience to react, and then you tell them a joke. It's like saying something <clears throat> you don't believe in to get a response out of people. It's like, at its core, it, it has nothing to do with your values. It's all about instigating things with other people. I wonder and if people look at trolling the way they do, like, video games. Like, they go, like, they got, like, their five people they troll, and then they go, like, they go home and they get excited, and they go, I wonder if I got any responses today. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm good at staying silent. Yeah. By the way, me and you must be online a lot. Oh yeah. Like, yeah I I'm am. <laughs> I, my algorithm is pretty fucked. Yeah. Because it's it's watches, it's watches. Oh, do you watch that guy who tries to sell watches? Who like fucking in like, Miami? No, I don't think he's in Miami. There's a guy in, in Miami who's like, hey, can I compliment you on your 1883 Daytona 1992? Oh, I haven't seen this guy. He's no. good. Yeah. He's good. Yeah. I haven't seen the guy who sells watches. Who's that? There's another dude in, uh, I think he's in New York, and he goes, and it's him just like bartering. He's like, I'll give you 1450. And they're like, I can't do fourteen fifty. Uh, I gotta, I gotta do like eight twelve. And like he's like, I eight twelve, eight twelve. And like it's oh, just like, <laughs> I think I've seen that guy. I think I've seen that guy. Yeah, yeah. And yeah it's just does, like, he have, does he have celebrities come in too? Uh, I haven't seen him with celebrities, but I haven't watched him in a little while. He was just hot in my algorithm for a little bit. Oh, my oh. algorithm right now is watches, sneakers, 
boat videos, uh, disc golf, and a lot of like surfing. Oh, softball and uh, softball and baseball. Softball, but a lot baseball. of watches. It's I, all watches, pretty much. I know. I got like I got a lot of. <gasps> the Iron Sheik died. What's that? The Iron Sheik died. The, yeah, the Iron Sheik's died. You just you didn't know the Iron Sheik's dead? No. Yeah, he died like a week ago. Oh. Fuck. Yeah, dude, legendary guy, man, one of the best of all time. He was going Talk viral big time. Talk about troll. Yeah, dude, he loved a troll. He, it, well, that's like a big wrestler thing too. It's just to fuck with people. Do you ever hear that Andre the Giant story where he took a shit that was so bad that people were gagging and like crying and puking? No, he was on a plane and he. Uh, oh my god! So he can't like he can't shit with the door closed because he's so big, and he's yeah. also like he's uh, Andre the Giant, so he would consume beer like crazy. He was eating like crazy, and he. Um, they they like pull a sheet. If you're too big to close the door, they have a sheet. And he takes a shit on the plane, and they can't land the plane. But apparently, this shit stunk so bad that people were literally like vomiting and like oh, like their eyes burned. Like it was a, a level His ten shit, shit. Would be the size of my leg, dude. Someone else told me this story about Andre the Giant, where like the in, when he was in Japan, that the the um, toilets were too small for him. So he would like shit in the tub. He would like lay down newspaper and shit in the tub, and then like wrap it up, and then. Uh, uh, he would like put it in the garbage or try to like take it down and throw it in the trash. And one day he was too lazy. So he just went to throw it out of the window down to the dumpster. And there was some guy down there putting stuff in the dumpster and it hit him and knocked him out. <laughs> he got fucking hit with this shit bomb. <laughs> yeah. Fucking. Look at, look at how fucking big he is. Massive dude. He's one of those giantism guys. He had the fucking. It's like in his a pituitary gland. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just makes you grow and grow and grow and grow. I think he's, he's standing with normal big guys. Those guys, yeah, those guys are like uh, six something, like 250, 260 pounds. And he's like, whatever, like over seven feet tall, like 400 pounds, like le a legitimate giant. I bet he had skin tags. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. He had some wild stuff going on. How, at, how big do, do we ever get like confirmation on his dick? How big his dick was? Like, that's a regular beer can. It, it doesn't matter how big his dick is because like even a small dick on him. Is like a twelve inch dick. Yeah, that's true. Like that's you'd, true. you'd you'd hope he'd hope if he was lucky he'd have a small dick. Yeah, because you don't want a big dick at that size. Exactly. Uh, like if he had a big dick on that body, it would just he would only he'd have he'd fuck barn animals. I <laughs> like, you know, I mean, you, well, there's no human that can take that <laughs> there's dick. Nothing. They would have to like. He'd have to fuck a horse, and he's tall enough. He make a flashlight out of couch cushions or something, so so he could fuck seven four, dude. Like huge, man, huge. That's fucking crazy. The uh, that it's interesting how much wrestling permeates real life. Yeah, it's a it's uh it kind of reflects it constantly. I remember I remember I was talking to a comic, and he was like he was like. Man, I wish I had like a Rogan like you have to put me over. And I went, yeah. well, what? He was like, to put you over. You know, like in wrestling, when you put someone over, you let them, you let them win. What's put? Type in the term "put put over." I hung out with Cody Rhodes a lot. He's a professional wrestler. Okay, and he's he knows all those terms. And there's like carny speak they do when they're in the ring. Yeah, so they know how so to they communicate. Know what they're doing. Yeah, the act of wrestling, losing to putting someone over refers to letting it's basically like letting letting them win yeah so that they get a fan base oh and okay. rogan would put us over in that he would 
share us with his fan base and let us be funny. Yeah. And that, that, that was a term. And I was like, oh, interesting. They're like, no one in New York puts anyone over. This is back in the day. Now yeah. everyone puts everyone over. Yeah. I was like, I feel like that's a very common thing. Mm. You're putting me over right now. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully. Hopefully. I wonder yeah. if you're, I wonder, because I always wonder if my, my fans are on Instagram and TikTok. Because mm. like, I get people that say. I think so. You have a big Instagram following. But people always come to me and they're like, I, I saw you're the TikTok guy. And then I go, oh, you're not a fan of mine. Oh, like, yeah, because they like, know you from TikTok. If you know me from TikTok, I would assume you go, what's up, Bert? Yeah. I know you from Two Bears or I know you from Birdcast or Rogan or, or something's burning. Yeah. <laughs> well, Rogan was the first place I ever saw you for sure. It was like you, Joey Diaz, Tom, Ari. Like those were like his gen of guys that were like coming up with him. We were all that age group. That was uh, younger than Joe, but still like not not contemporary. I never say contemporary. So we were all we were all like he was way above all of us. He's been above all of us for. Well, he's like one of the biggest people in media in entertainment ever. If Joe Rogan does something, it's a national headline. Where yeah. it's like I don't even know if you want to be that big. That's crazy big. I wouldn't. He. Lo I don't know if he loves it. Let me. I take that back. I shouldn't speak for him. But he. It doesn't bother him to get lit up the way he's been lit up like yeah. it doesn't he doesn't get affected by it like he's the one that told me you just gotta you gotta really get offline you can't you can't be because none of it's real and also there's i call it the difference between caring and uh, uh uh feeling and caring like we when people see something bad happen to someone people feel they'll have an emotional response yeah. very few people care which is like you get up and you take action like do you know who stacy abrams is i do but i don't i do so I do, but I get her confused with another person. She registered eight hundred thousand voters in Georgia, but leading up to the to the Trump re-election. Okay, hold on. Okay, who am I confusing her with? I don't know. Who's the lady? Is she black? Yes. Okay. She have a fucked up haircut. No. <laughs> Who's the black hair with a fucked up haircut? Are you thinking of Rachel Dolezal? No. Oh, don't, like... don't get me started on Rachel Dolezal. <laughs> By the way, I'm I'm Team Dolan's all all the way. You're Team Dolan. Wait, yeah. wait, that's wait, why, wait. That's why I don't talk about politics. Explain what you mean by I'm Team Dolan's all. I want to identify as black. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should all identify as what we want to identify <laughs> Dude, as. Dude, you're like, yeah, I want to be black too. Yeah. Why can't we be black? Yeah. It's it's the better option. Dude, I mean, know? if you talk like if you that story is so fucking, it is hilarious, phenomenally insane. Yeah, that you go. Almost, it's like almost. How how do you not how do you not give her a pass and go? Let's see how far you can take this. You know the movie the the movie they did about that guy who wrote the room and fucking uh, Soul Man. Uh, no, no, not Soul Man. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna let everyone laugh right now. That was the funniest thing I've ever said on my podcast. You might have switched me over to drinking on every single one of my podcasts. Oh, uh, do you right not now. normally drink on the pod? No, I don't. I don't. I don't because I'm a fucking lamo. Oh. I'm trying to be healthy, but I'm going on tour. And you said you're a big drinker, and I always love having a drink on the podcast. I love it. Shane Gillis and I did a podcast. It's this. This is the. Do not. We're not. This is. We're finishing what you were saying. Okay. No. no, no do you think? Do you it think? was the biggest drip of a podcast for like an hour. What do you mean drip? Just so. Yeah. All right, what are you doing in LA? Oh, just okay. like nothing going. And you can see Shane just getting antsy, and he's like, "Can we have a drink?" And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah." And then we got fucking wasted, and then and it was we cooking. had to edit out the most. Shane and I were talking like the most horrific human beings. Oh, and, and it was so we were laughing. And then Shane's like, "Oh, we can't leave this in. We can't leave this in." <laughs> 
Like, what were you going to say? We were talking about Dolan's All. We, if someone needs to do a movie like, I th- can't remember what the fuck it was called. Whatever that movie was where uh, James Franco played the dude who made the a disaster artist. Someone needs to do that kind of movie about Rachel Dolezal infiltrating NCAA. It's NCAA PP or N- something? NACP. N- NACP. The Na- National Association of African American. No. Oh, of African people? No. <laughs> I don't know. Wait, hold I'm on, Canadian, hold on, man. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> What's your ethnic diver- the, the, the background? My dad's Haitian. and okay, uh, it's black enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't know what the N- NAACP stands for? No, I don't. <laughs> it's not in Canada. Is it racist if I tell you? No, tell me. It's the National me. Association for Colored People. Is that really what it yeah, is? Yeah, for colored people. Oh, geez. We got to change that name. We got to update that. <laughs> this fucking, what was the one? I just, I mean, it's pretty aggressive. That is an aggressive name. Absolutely. Well, there's, there's the other one that is pretty aggressive is the Negro College Fund. The Negro College Fund? But that's like a classic. That's, that's a like, classic. We're holding on to it. I got, you know, it's so funny. I got so... I got so hyper aware of language at a certain point. Yeah. You can only say it in the context of the Negro League. That's the yeah. only context you can say it or Negro and, and, College and Fund. So, and, and so I was obsessed with um, some of the players. There's a great documentary that, that, about baseball mm-hmm. uh, that Ken Burns did. And man, it is. When I was a kid, my favorite player was Satchel Paige. And uh, like, I was a big fan of fucking baseball. Like, I, like, uh, all these old players that no one knew about mm-hmm. i was a fan of and i i used to like my wife's listening she's going to laugh hysterically i was a really big tracer so i would put thin paper on pictures and then trace pictures and yeah. i loved tracing pictures and i traced pictures of all these old baseball players and football players and and i was my what i do to calm down i had a like a a thing a uh platform that would illuminate so you could put a piece of paper on top of it and then put a light paper on and just trace and that just was like dumbest. your piece you would just like get going to I was into zone. tracing figuring horses and precious gems i heard about the figuring horses i was thing. obsessed with figuring horses really that's such a very and precious gems too yeah anything any uh, i still am i that's really like still in, am and uh breaking bad when his back's hurt and he can't get out and he starts ordering all the rocks and oh, shit dude i had a rock tumbler Really? When I, was, I had a rock tumbler when I was a kid. Yeah, rock tumblers are badass. You can find bullshit rocks, put them in a rock tumbler, and they shine up. And you're like, I mean, I was like, I fucking obsessed with figuring horses. This is like a different level of nerdy. Like, I'm a big, like, growing up big video game guy, comic book nerd, like that kind of stuff. Rock tumbling and figuring horses. I don't even know where to place you. Well, I don't, we didn't, I couldn't read. Like, I was a bad reader. I still am a bad reader. I couldn't, I couldn't read. I was, I remember they have books. They have books and they started like, started like, started like green, and then blue, then red, then, and then it would get up to like emerald, sapphire. Like yeah. Those are the big books. And then you get them in first grade. And the thing was, you read it. And, uh, and then you, and then when you read all the greens and you went to red, and then you would read all the reds and then you'd go up. Man, end of first grade, I remember Mrs. Thompson said, so how are we doing on the books? What color are you at? I said, I'm still on green. Yeah. She was like, that's you haven't, that's all year. You haven't read any of them? I said, I can't get through the first one. And she was like, hold on. Like you can't get through it as in you couldn't I, read or it was like just so boring. You're like, I can't even push my myself My brain through. doesn't read. My brain doesn't allow me to read. Are you like dyslexic or something? I am dyslexic. Oh, okay, I am dyslexic, okay. but, but, uh, I'm dyslexic, but I and I think I'm probably 
way better today than I was then. But I also have such a vivid, bizarrely active imagination mm -hmm. that if I try to sit still and read, my brain disappears and it goes fucking anywhere. Yeah. No, I'm not a great reader because I just get like kind of too antsy. I get bored. It really is hard to hook me into a book. I've, yeah. tr I've tried to push myself. I've kind of switched to audiobooks more because it's just like I can do an audiobook and just like go for a walk and then it's, it, it just gets Even in an audiobook will, I'll disappear in it. Really? Yeah, I'm trying to do Rogan sent me one but what Rogan is interested in is like the most mundane shit. But are you okay? Are you doing like uh, fiction or nonfiction? Not always nonfiction. Okay, do fiction. Wait, wait, hold on. Nonfiction's like real life. Nonfiction. So, um, do. <laughs> yeah, why don't they just call it real life or fake? I don't know. I don't know. It's such a dumb term. Yeah. Also, nonfiction. It's like, shouldn't it? Why is it the negative? Uh, if real life is the negative of this thing, it doesn't make any sense. If, they, if I was on an operating table. And they're like, all right, we're going to give you the defibrillators. But real quick, which books do you like, fiction or nonfiction? I'd be like, give me a different question. Yeah. All right. <laughs> the ones that are real, sir. Yeah, real books, real books. I want to know about Teddy Roosevelt. See, but the thing about fiction or nonfiction is sometimes it can be super dry. We're like nonfiction. You get a real good nonfiction book. Yeah. It takes you into this world. Try nonfiction just to get you into the hook can of I reading. Can tell you the problem with nonfiction is that a lot of older white dudes read write them. Yeah. So then a lot of it's like I read a book uh, written by an older white dude and halfway through I was like, God, the Indian sounds like dicks. Yeah. Like fucking Native Americans were assholes. And then I said it to this historian and he goes, Who wrote the book? Yeah. And I went, What do you mean? He goes, It's the problem with nonfiction. Yeah. You gotta find out who wrote the book. That's and I was very like, fair. I was like, this guy? And they're like, I go, he's 85 years old. And he's like, <laughs> Where does he live? I was like, just outside Houston. And they're like, okay, yeah. read a different one. And I yeah. was like, oh, wow, you're right. They're a book written so by So go back old. to the NAACP. Yes, NAACP. What, how do we get on the Rachel Dolezal. Yes, Rachel Dolezal. The guy that did the documentary on the NAACP. So, uh, you know, she's on fucking, uh, what's it called? Cameo. You can get a cameo, Rachel Dolezal. <laughs> yeah, dude. You totally can get a cameo of Rachel Dolezal. Uh, guess a who's saying the N-word today? Do-da, <laughs> Guess who's saying the N-word today for $10,000? You could probably get her to say Negro. I think you could get her to say I bet Negro. I could. <laughs> I am definitely getting Rachel Dolezal to drop an N-bomb. She can. She can. If anyone can, it's her. You think it's her? You think she's, she's going to? Well, she's black. But you got to you gotta play it soft first because if she recognizes your account, you go too hard right she away. She doesn't know who the fuck I am. But but she oh, I'm saying like if you try to get her to say the n word right away, then she is right going, away like just <laughs> just say this just say it yeah see she has different cameos up you can totally get her oh can you get her to do be white girl cam cameo uh I don't Will know she do different races <laughs> oh Asian I want an Asian racist Dolan's all saying you shop for a long time and buy nothing <laughs> you shop long time. God damn. Uh, you should ask her. I feel bad for your mother. <laughs> I'm going to have her reenact Menace to Society. Yeah. The the scene where, uh, where, uh, where uh, uh, hold on, don't tell me his name. O-Dog. Uh, uh, O-Dog. O-Dog shoots the Asian dude. Have you ever seen Menace to Society? No, I haven't. No, no, no. Bro. It's before my time, Lord. I no, should have seen it. No, hold on. You've I, never seen Menace to I've Society? I've never seen Menace to Society. Dude, it is such a great fucking movie. I know. I know it's supposed to be amazing. Sweet. Okay, hold on. Write down Haitian. How yeah. how Haitian are you? Um, I mean, what? I'm obsessed with Haiti. Are you obsessed with Haiti? With Papa Doc. Uh, yeah, so my dad was in Haiti during Papa Doc. So, like, 
So take he, it slow. Pretend we're making love for the first time, <laughs> and you want me to come back because th- I am. I love that that phase of Haiti is so fascinating to me. It's crazy it's what he did to the country. Yeah. Like so, my dad was there during that was like the end of his time there. So he he was born there, grew up there, and then it was around twenty eight when he left. But there was a few years leading up to that where Papa Doc had taken over the country, and he told me he would do things like you would he would come into a place that like makes T shirts and be like, you only make Papa Doc branded stuff and then when they sold everything he would be like hey give me all the profits and they would be like well, well we can't keep running You'd be like too bad and that just like started crippling all these businesses in haiti it started fucking up the whole country so then my dad and his most of his family had to flee a lot of them went to chicago new york him and uh all of his immediate family went to montreal and that's wow. yeah that was that's his an first interesting move. place from haiti to go to you could speak french, french. oh yeah. yeah well i'm a dummy exactly do you speak <laughs> french at all uh je parle un peu français mais ça fait longtemps je parle pas français yeah mais then you're all so man. wait uh papa doc uh here's the crazy thing this is a really interesting story mm-hmm. so a bunch of haitian refugees mm-hmm. come in like five of them, five of them storm the beach in Haiti mm-hmm. and they take over a whole fucking like uh, military base. Yeah. And they're going to go in and kill Papa Doc. And they and they take him over and, and and ultimately what they find is that the people that they're taking over kind of empathize with them and are like, they, they sympathize with them and like, yeah, he's a fucking lunatic. Yeah. They get so friendly that one of the guys, one of the captives, uh, the hostages says, Hey, I'm gonna run. Can I run and go get cigarettes? And they're like, Yeah, that's how comfortable they get because they're all Haitian. Yes, he's like, Yeah, go get cigarettes. And he's like, All right, he's so scared of Papa Doc that he runs right, right to Papa Doc and goes, They kidnapped us, go kill them. Yeah, and then they fucking killed five dudes that all I'm by the way, this, my, my numbers are probably definitely off. I would, if someone would like to do a side by side fact check of what I just said, I will retweet it and repost it because I'm curious how off I am. But like, he was a motherfucker, someone tried to kill his kid. And then he figured out who he figured out who it only could have been because he was like, well, how many sharpshooters do we have in this country? Yeah. And then we just killed them all. Yeah. Like he he drove if it wasn't for him, the country would have been in a completely different situation. The reason I'm named Che is because my dad was obsessed with Che Guevara because he overthrew a dictator. No way. Exactly. He was like against any sort of like he was all about the revolution, all about kicking out the people who like corrupt and take over and all those. Really? Things. Yeah. Che's a badass name to have. Yeah, I, it is. I was hoping it was that. That's the only Che I know, Michael Che. Yeah, I don't yeah. think he's... Well, his last name's Che. Yeah, I don't think he, you have to pick your last name. No, no. <laughs> but, Michael, um, I've never met Michael Che. Have you ever met Michael Che? Uh, in passing, like, I, I I, went on after him at a show at the stand. That's as, as close as I've ever been to him. I've never, like, hung out and talked to him or anything Let's like do that. a game. Pull up. I, there's a bunch of comedians I've never met. Okay. Let's name, comedian, name a comedian you've never met, and I'll name a comedian I never met. And then we'll go see if you met them. Okay. Um, okay. A comedian I've never met. Uh, I'm trying to think of who's popping around. Uh, Taylor Tomlinson. Oh, such a racist. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's, uh, she's fucking awesome. Yeah? Yeah, she's pretty fucking awesome. She used to open for me when she was younger. Oh, really? Yeah, she used to open for me. I, uh, I'm trying to think of a comedian I've never met. I've never met Jerry Seinfeld. I've never met Jerry Seinfeld. No. For real? Oh, yeah. No. Just pretend you know him really well. Yeah. We'll start that over. Okay. Pretend you know him really well and just talk me through. Okay. 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 Yeah. I've never met Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, yeah. I've met Jerry. Oh, for real? Yeah, 100%. What's he yeah, like? Yeah, no, he's uh, like, he, 
you would the way he comes off on some of his things is like really pompous, but it's just because he's so confident in what he does. He knows he's one of the best of all time. Yeah. And it, it, he's he's not overplaying or downplaying. He's exactly where he needs to be in confidence. He really? had one of the best TV shows of all time, one of the best stands of all time, sold some of the most tickets, some of the best comedy he's ever created. Yeah. Have you ever gone on vacation with him? Uh yeah, yeah. We went. <laughs> 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 yeah, he took me to the Bahamas. We went to the Bahamas. Really? He's got, yeah, he's got a summer home there. We, really? Yeah, yeah. And we went out. We were hanging out in the Bahamas on the beach. And Did all you guys this. go snorkeling at all? Of course, oh, man. God, this is his favorite thing. <laughs> his favorite thing is snorkeling. Love snorkeling. I actually used to be a scuba diving instructor. Wait, yeah. Is this part of the bit? No, that's true. Oh, that's true. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> Wait, for real, you used to be a scuba diving yeah, instructor? Yeah, I used to be a scuba diving instructor. I was, Where? Uh, in Mexico. I was a scuba diving instructor for three years in you Mexico. Do you speak Spanish? Uh, no, my Spanish is garbage. Okay. Um, but I, because where I was, it was very touristy. So I basically just worked with all the English speaking clients. My French was better back then. So I did some tours with the French speaking clients. Yeah. Um, and we do like wild shit. Like uh, we do the shark dives out there. So there's like bull shark season that comes into play at bull sharks are Bull sharks are motherfuckers. So bull sharks are motherfuckers just because they can go in freshwater and salt water. So a lot of times they'll go in like freshwater rivers and bite people in shallow water. On the dives, we like we're not in cages or anything. You just go down and you'll bring like a water bottle or like a piece of metal to make noise. So if you have a water bottle, you like crinkle it. If you have a piece of metal, you bang it on your tank and they feel the vibrations and they come check it out and they just start swimming around you. Like that, you can probably pull four or five sharks but one time we went down and there was another dive center that went down that would feed them and so they went down and, and we went close to their group and they're just like pulling out these like pieces of meat and the sharks are like when i say in a frenzy <coughs> you don't feel in danger because the, none of them are coming at you they're all trying to get the food but they're like bumping into each other there's 20 sharks all circling but after the last piece of food goes out it goes down from like within the span of about two minutes goes from like uh, 20 to 10 to like seven to three. And then the three last three are just kind of like circling, waiting around. Um, but it was cool as shit. And that would happen every winter. The bull sharks would come back. Really? Yeah. It was cool as fuck. We, uh, wait. So wait, how do you become an instructor? How certified do you have to be to become an instructor? So you need, I don't know if they've changed the rules since when I did it, but you need to do like a um, uh, hundred dives, I think it is. A hundred dives to become like a dive master. And then you have to do a bunch more to become an instructor. And then you have to do like these tests. Like they'll like you do a whole thing of like what to do in this situation, what to do in, in that. So you'd like dry land, like basically book tests. And then you do a bunch of like in water tests, like, oh, uh, like a rescue pull or like you, there's certain things you need to do, like an emergency uh, exit to the top. Oh yeah, is this the Patty uh, uh, instructor? Be a certified diver for at least six months. Done. Yeah, have Hold at a least Patty dive master certification. Don't have that. At least sixty log dives. Don't don't have that. Current CPR. Don't. I do have that. In date medical approval for scuba diving. Yeah, yeah. So wait. Um, there's one thing we went. I went. I I've do, I've dove. Uh, maybe ten times. I'm guessing. Right on. Uh. But it's funny, our instructor was a guy named Zen, one of our instructors. It, we, it was kind of, when you do it for television, all the rules are kind of broken. Yeah. So one of our instructors was a guy named Zen, and we thought he was all but fucking useless. Did not speak English. Yeah. Uh, oh, I dive. Just like, yeah. hand signals. That's yeah. it. Oh, down. And you're like, yeah, okay. So we go down 40 German or something? No, uh, Asian. I'm doing bad, okay. bad at accents. <laughs> 
It's good that I'm bad at accents because if you're good at accents, you're just racist. Yeah. Now I'm just like, you're like, is he Swedish? Yeah. <laughs> okay, time to die. <laughs> so, so I went down with my friend Callie and we go to 40 feet, I'm yeah. guessing. I'm guessing it's 40 feet of my, but it was, it was dusk and it was really low visibility. Mm-hmm. So we couldn't see much down there and we just went down to the sand. I'll say 20 feet just to be fair. 40 feet's pretty fucking deep. So we go down to 20 feet, and all we have to do is the very end of our certification, drop the thing out. Uh, I'm out of air. I give her my I give her my thing. I take my buddy breather, whatever. Yeah. She forgets to clear the water out of it and just breathes in and breathes in uh, water. Water, yeah, she starts choking. It starts yeah. choking, and then she starts panicking, and she goes to grab mine yeah. out of my mouth, and I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. And I'm freaking out, and this guy's Zen, man. His training kicked in. Yeah. And he he had his in his hand, and he just fucking John Holmes her and hit the air and held her head and held her head and hit the air, and it was just shooting air in her mouth. Yeah. And she started breathing, started breathing, started breathing, and he looked, and he goes, we're going up. Yeah. And, and we're, so we went up, and he was like, we're done for the day. Yeah, that's and, it. You have a freak out like that, it's like, yeah, you're, we're – We'll try again tomorrow. Yeah, and so, but then she said, "I have to go down right now." She goes, "If I don't go down now, I'll never do this again." Oh, really? And he was like, "What?" She goes, "I have to do it now, or I'll never do this again." Yeah. And we had a deep dive at ninety feet the next day. Oh. <laughs> and so we go down, and she did it again. I did it. We both did it. We claim up, and we got our certification. And then our next dive the next day was at, at open. Op- I guess we're all open water. Uh, but at 90 feet, we went to go see a, da- a, 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 a wreck. wreck. Yeah. Not my favorite. Not my favorite depth. If if you could dive at one depth, what, like, what's your favorite dive? Usually, like, I would say where the coolest shit was kicking up was, like, 60-ish feet. Because it's it, the deeper and deeper you go, the more light you lose. So you start up. Everything just kind of turns into this blue color. So even, like, the coral and everything that's bright and beautiful, you're not getting the same vibrance with it. Um, at 60, I would say that's where you're finding like a lot of the cool animals. You would see like cool turtles. You could find sharks. Shit was floating around there, at least in Mexico. You go to different yeah. areas, different depths, different things. Um, we were and in Fiji. In Fiji. Fiji. Beautiful, clear water diving. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I would say 60. 60 was like a, a good depth. And you can also stay down longer because yeah. the deeper you go, the less you can stay down there. You go like 100 feet, well, you got like a, a 10, 15 minute dive. Yeah, well, that's what we were supposed to stay around. 60 feet and we ended up at we all ended up at 90 because nice. nice. no one could keep their buoyancy everyone yeah. just dropped yes and then <clears throat> and then we're all at the base of the boat yeah and uh but i i really i i'm sound so, like such a pussy and i feel like this with marijuana too like i enjoy like light edibles like the i like enjoying light, light edibles and then going deeper if i want to yeah of course <clears throat> but like, like five milligrams is more than i need it's, that's it. Yeah, it gets you to where you need, and it's that's your dose. You don't need to like. There's a weird thing with weed. There's this like a huge like ego culture around it, where it's like, oh, you got to hit this, smoke the blunt, get super high, and it's like, man, you would never do that that with booze. You'd never be like, yo, get so fucked up, you like don't know who you are anymore. No, because that's dangerous. Yeah, and yeah. I feel the same about diving. Yeah, like when my favorite dives I've done were at like I want to say the deepest we went was like. 50 feet yeah and and it was but it was all around a reef and so it was all like when I mean, we started at like 20 feet and then gradually got to 50 feet and flow and just swam around a reef 
was like the favorite dive I've ever done. It's beautiful. There's like cool <laughs> animals hanging around. Yeah. You see like weird creatures you've never seen before. That is like how most people want to enjoy diving. The only people that ever were like not that mentality that I dove with were Russians. Russians were always like, we want to go deep. We want to go deep. That They didn't really? give a fuck about what they saw. They wanted to just push the envelope of what you were able to do. Really? Yeah, the Russians loved that shit. And then they would go get drunk right immediately after. That's crazy. How long were you a dive instructor for? Uh, uh, three. I think, no. I was in Mexico for three years, but I only taught for two. The last year, I like was a bartender and like uh, worked uh, in a call center and shit. Like, so you've, would, do you've dove a lot. Yeah, yeah. I probably have like 800 to 1,000 dives. Holy shit. Somewhere in that range. Did you yeah. enjoy it? Uh, I enjoyed it a lot <clears throat> at the time. It was a great thing that allowed me to like leave home and travel and like experience life outside of the little suburb I grew up in. So that was that was the best part of it. Um, the job itself was fun. The people hang around with the people like divers are all like a community. It's like hanging with comics. Like yeah. everyone's everyone's on the same level, same problems, like a, a, a lot of uh, social things you can communicate about. So that was that was the best part about it. Um, the job itself is like fine. It's a very physical job. You're like carrying tanks and doing a lot of stuff. I didn't wasn't in love with it. It was a means to an end for me. It was really? yeah. It was getting out of my house and traveling and being able to see the world at the lowest cost possible. That's what we're in Mexico. I was in Playa del Carmen. Did a lot of diving in Cozumel. <clears throat> went down to Belize for a did little bit. Did you ever bit. do the one where they have all the statues? No, that's up at Isla Mujeres and everyone up there. Okay. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I have, uh, I think that dive is good, but it's not great. Like I was all about the wildlife, like, uh, like coral sharks, <laughs> eels, like seeing living things was yeah. like, I was like, that's what I'm in here well, for. Did you ever do any cenote dives? Yes, I did do cenote dives, but just the cavern diving. So there's like cavern and cave. I didn't so, do cave. I did cavern. Yeah. So I did the cavern where, diving. Cavern where it's just, you're just diving in the big open thing. Yeah. And not, like, I'm not crawling in any space. Exactly. There's always natural light. That's the difference yeah. between a cavern and a cave. I knew some cave divers and the cave diving course was fucked man really they would like make you because you need to be re ready to react so they would Ooh. do shit like you put your line down to get out of the cave and then you would have these markers that you would like touch that uh that could lead you out and they would do things like fuck up your markers make you take your mask off so you'd have to like go into the cave they take your mask off kick up silt so there's like zero visibility and then you would have to use the line to get out but there your markers came off so you would have to like go to a line and there's like five lines going in different directions and you're like hey which one was mine which one was mine okay this one's mine and then keep following your way out all in zero visibility do you ever hear cowboy Cerrone's story about cave diving no no it is one of the most intense stories i've ever heard it's it's on rogan's podcast it's too long to share or yeah. but it but it is you know who cowboy Cerrone is yeah, of course yeah yeah he got into a cave dive and he got into a bad situation oh shit <clears throat> cowboy is a fucking badass he almost died mm. cave cave diving Dude. it's an 11 minute story and it's fucking it's fucking intense and like in him telling it you know he's a badass yeah. i mean he's a, look they're all badasses He's like a real badass. He's yeah, like, like the most finishes in the UFC. Yeah, he's like a real, but he's like a real badass top to bottom. Like he doesn't, I don't think it ever turns off on him. Yeah. And when he gets emotional telling the story, you're just like sitting there going like, holy this shit. This must have been very real. And it's, yeah. and it's, and it's something, and I, I don't, I, I don't know if, I think he quit, I don't know if he quit cave diving or not, but he's a fucking badass. I'd love to party with him. No, there was a few people who, oh, 
There was a few people who died while I was in Mexico, like got off the line, went explored the wrong way. A few videographers who just went missing. Like, because a videographer, it's very normal for them to leave the group. It's not, you're not allowed, but they would do it just to get the, the shot. And I know in Cozumel, someone went missing and there's crazy down currents. So people thought they got sucked down to like 300 feet and then just didn't come back up. Um, but you, what you just said was like, I would love to party with, uh, with Don Cerrone. Who's on like your top party list? Who is like, I would love to party with these guys. Um, I would love to party with like, uh, was sadly a couple of them are people I'd like to them to fall off the wagon when I was there. <laughs> I you get know? that feeling. Like, like Ben Affleck would be one that would be cool. Oh, is he sober? He's sober. He's, he's sober and I'm glad he's sober. I'm like, he's really happy. Yeah. And I'm, I don't ever want him to fall off the wagon. However, if he does uh, you're like I'm i would here. like to be at that party yeah i would like to be at that party to be like to get that first drinking in to go like so what is it like what is it yeah like tell me what you're feeling right now like yeah. i like because there's a part of me that understands that i don't understand his brain like i don't i drink a lot but i don't to that like i don't the way he does where it goes out of control and, and, he, but he's, and he's got so much I, I'm, I'm really like I, this he's my age but i like I'm, i think very fondly of that guy yeah I really do. I, I feel. I feel like I root for him and everything. Him and like, are you buddies <laughs> with him? Have you hung out with no, him? No, no, I've never even met him. Okay, but uh, I would like to. I would really like to party with. Uh, I, I, I I say John Daly all the time because mm -hmm. like, yeah, he's a famous like that's I'd what he does. Love to have some drinks with him. I love to play golf and drink with him. Yeah, although I think he drank me under the table pretty quick. Really? Yeah, because he drinks. I mean, he drinks. Yeah. Like he drinks, like he's, like he's a kind of. There are people that drink that uh, they do it to just get. I don't mean to say this bad about John Daly. I don't think this is him. But they're like I have a couple friends who need to have a drink in the morning to just get to even. Yeah, they're like they don't know they haven't been sober in so long. Like drink yeah. a little drunk because I have a bunch are. of friends like that. Yeah, and I'm not like that. I, I worked out this morning. I work out every morning. I. I Start my day pretty early. I get my shit done. Yeah. And like, this is an exception, but a fun one. Cause like, I got to do Bobby's podcast today. Okay. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, I'm just doing this. And then I do, well, I do an HR meeting. Maybe I shouldn't be doing that drunk. But then I, <coughs> I go to do Bobby's podcast and then I'm done for the day. So I'm like, I'll probably bring drinks over to Bobby's podcast. I'll have a couple yeah, that's cocktails. Great. But um, uh, I would love, I, mean, I would love to, I would love to get high with Seth Rogen. Yeah. That would be fun. Um, and I don't smoke that much weed, but I think it would be fun to get high with Seth Rogen. Yeah, and maybe you just take a couple hits, you hang out, you like, yeah. and his whole process of seeing like how he rolls, how he hits, how much is he smoking? And I've gotten high with Snoop. Oh, really? Yeah, I've gotten high with Snoop. I've gotten fucked up with Snoop a couple times. He's fun. Yeah, he seems like a great dude. He's like, the he, sweetest guy. In he, the world. in terms of marketing himself, where he's bounced from like person to person to person, and like he's like in the video game space. He's like hanging out with Martha Stewart, one of the greatest rappers. Like he, everything he's done has been. Uh, an incredible feat from the next into each area. He's fucking awesome. Um, I've gotten fucked up with a lot of people you want to get fucked up with. I think. Uh, look, I wonder who's... I'd like to get drunk with Mel Gibson. Yeah. <laughs> I could get, get wild getting drunk I just like, with to, like get him a little unhinged. Yeah. Know, kind of plant some seeds oh exactly like, push him a little bit so yeah, what do you think like, about this what's your opinions on this you, you see, see this in the news and just the, see where yeah. he like starts to go a little crazy you've been watching the nba playoffs yeah yeah it's like no i go wonder why not <laughs> like i'd like to i like to just there's some about mel gibson that just like he was our he was our like our, our movie star yeah and so and to watch him kind of 
go a little crazy go a little crazy and then know it's because of alcohol yeah i don't know i kind of like i kind of those guys that take that ride i always like it i always want to see it i like pushing it like i was doing a show in naples and when i was on stage <laughs> i said something Captain Brian's? uh no uh off the hook off that's captain brian oh is that Captain yeah, yeah, Brian's? Yeah, yeah, okay yeah. okay um so i said something like we uh we can't do this but we put a man on the moon and then people in the crowd were like allegedly and i was like yeah. oh you guys don't believe in the moon landing i was like what else don't you guys believe in they're like uh uh, uh what's his name fucking they're like biden's dead he's has a replacement i'm like yo they're like chemtrails and we just started going off i was like we're gonna have january 6 2 in this bitch we're going crazy i love when people don't have my ideas oh, i love yeah. when, i love it more than anything because it's like let's just go i was like teach me teach yeah, me that's, what why you I, think. that's why i'm a big rachel jones all fan <laughs> I would love to. I would love to fucking have her on my podcast. Oh, she would her, do it. Have you reached out? Go, no. Hey, Rachel, I'm Team Rachel. Dude, please. I'll have everything set up here. I have Hennessy for you. I got blunts. Uh, whatever you want. Yo, you has she done a long form no, podcast? She shouldn't. I, I, if, if I was her, I wouldn't. But like, you don't you want to get to the bottom of like the bottom the, of the, the, of the, the, the whole bottom. journey? I need another cocktail. The, the bottom the bottom of it I is today the bottom of it is the bottom of it is ultimately it's a white person who believes they're black which is one of the wildest things in the world Crazy. however here's the deal okay i'm not gonna say who told me this but i'm gonna say i'm gonna say it to you but we're gonna edit it out okay the comedian yeah 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 yeah, yeah. keep that in yeah he was like is it is it crazier or as crazy as someone thinking that they're a man or a woman like oh what? yeah i get what you're saying he was yeah. like he was like he was like what's like he goes i'm I'll look i'm on everyone's team but but he said but like if you said to me 20 years ago that that there would be a caitlin jenner i would be like that's crazy wild that's wild yeah are you saying to me that in 20 years that we're not gonna i go i do see that what I, my honest opinion on all these things, the divide has never been um, like race or gender. Or any, it's always been money. And where I think we're going is we're going to get to like this sort of like cyberpunk future where you can literally go into a place, they like crisper your jeans. You're like, what's in this summer? Oh, it's um, girls with curly red hair and black skin. And they fucking, they can go boop, 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 They just identified the gene for baldness and they identified it and they can get rid of it. And it's like, well, we'll change you. We'll change you on a genetic <laughs> Dude, level. look at Ozempic. Ozempic, exactly. Ozempic. I have friends on Ozempic that are in fantastic shape they're losing weight like crazy 290 pounds their whole life it sounds like a very specific person now they're going like calling calling out celebrities going say you've used it first of all number one who gives a fuck who gives a fuck who gives a fuck if if you want to be skinny and you can't because of genetics or whatever the fuck thing the thing is you're li a lot of these people are, are you putting soda water in those yeah. okay right. champagne Okay. It doesn't sound like you like it. No, no, I liked it. I liked no, it. I this quite one enjoyed is, it. There's definitely alcohol in this. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you that Here, much. Pete. Here you go, Pete. But like. So like. I'm on testosterone. 
You're on test. I love it. See, I've, I've wanted to get on test. <laughs> Dude, get on it tomorrow. I'm only 30, though, 31. Oh, you're, you're probably not that low. Yeah, I'm not that low, but I'm like, I also see the, like, the benefits of people getting on and like how fast your muscle growth is. Like how, Muscle like, growth is through the roof. Yeah. Your sleep is through the roof. Sleep, too, my eh? Sleep is, my sleep I'm a big is sleep in, the gray, in the green all the time. Oh, my God. I sleep great. so much better. Um, I have a lot more energy. Yeah. Um. I say um more, but uh, how many milligrams are you taking? Are we cutting all this? No, no, we're no. Keep okay. it. I'll keep it. I'll keep it. I take two hundred fifty milligrams every three day, every two days, every two days, every two days. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, that can't be right. That's not right. It sounds like a lot. That's like good. Like crazy bodybuilders are taking like six hundred milligrams a week. Like yeah, then that's not right. Yeah, no, right. no, no. You're no, probably no, no. taking like two fifty a week at most. No, no, I'm taking seventy five a week. Seventy five a week. Seventy five yeah, milligrams a week. Milligrams. So two fifty a month. Or was that? Yeah. No, it's 25, 25 uh, uh, every two days. 25 milligrams every two days. <laughs> and on, on the, on the, on the, I go two days, two days, and then three days. And okay. so a week I take 75 milligrams. Okay. 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 That's And, that. and I, I will tell you, um, I, my workouts have been awesome. Yeah. Um, my recovery has been awesome. Uh, the reason I got on it. And I and I, I, I the only reason I share this is because I have a lot of fans like me. But the only reason I got on it is my cardiologist asked me, "Can we test your testosterone?" And I said, yeah. "Sure." He said, "You know, if you if you get your testosterone back to normal, it'll help repair your liver if you have any done any damage to it." Which, and as soon as he said that, I went, "Well, then I'm then you've just made the call." Yeah, yeah. I'm getting on testosterone. Um, I take that. I take a handful of pills from a longevity doctor that I, I deal with that. Most of them are vitamins like milk thistle and it's all liver stuff, really. It's all just to lower my sugar intake. Uh, I would love to get on semi-glutide or, or... What's semi-glutide? Same, same thing as Ozempic. Ozempic? Okay. Yeah. I would love to get on semi-glutide or Ozempic. I've seen people on it and they look fucking amazing. I heard that once you stop taking it, you just fucking blow back up. Yeah. You know, I take Rogaine, so I've been taking that for fucking 26 years. Oh, so you're just like, whatever, I'll just take it forever. <laughs> I brush my teeth every day. I take blood pressure medicine every day. <laughs> you know, you're, you're gonna die fucking, one day. That's it's true. Like, why not? That's the fucking you, thing, I man. At, I looked you're at gonna I, fucking I at, die. I looked at Ryan Dunn the other day. A picture of him. Uh, it was a video of him. I had done a podcast with someone that was friends with him. His birthday was yesterday, mm -hmm. and so a video showed up, and he was smoking a cigarette, and he put it out, and he lit up another one immediately. And I was like, I'm so glad he did that. Yeah, because that isn't what got him. That's and no. he really got to enjoy cigarettes exactly to the, to the fullest. <laughs> embracing that you're gonna die is a very important thing it's honestly it's given me so much peace in life like i have relaxed like every time i have some sort of anxiety because like this this summer uh we had everything booked until june and then i had nothing in june on the road and then nothing till mid-july and i've got a bunch of savings i'm man i'm making more money now than i ever thought i would make in my life i'm so fucking grateful for is where it, I is am. it touring or, or instagram or both, both both are bringing touring <coughs> brings in way more money but yeah. instagram still is is supplemental pull income up, can you pull up your tour dates real quick oh thank Paulson. you thank you uh, i don't have everything on my website yet because we're still getting the ticket links for some of them not everything's finalized but uh is Dorena, uh haitian so my dad's real last name is supposed to be Francois, which is that's Haitian that's as very fuck. Haitian. But he had a falling out with his father, changed his name to his mom's last name, which was technically his stepmom. The woman who raised him was his stepmom. Mm -hmm. Her last name was Dorena, which is clearly Ooh, Latin the descent. Um, I had the Crowfoot. That's a great place. The Crowfoot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in uh, in Michigan. No, in I, August. Uh, I've done that. That's a great. That's like a 
cool rock venue i think oh really I think sick so. yeah we got one night there we got uh oklahoma go to the top uh new york so i'm doing a one night at brooklyn comedy club brooklyn comedy club is like the place that's been giving me more stage time than anywhere else a brooklyn in comedy club yeah yeah it's uh old man hustle old man hustle brooklyn comedy club that's right town uh, comedy club oklahoma city i love oklahoma city hey, wait, mm -hmm. i think we're there that week are you the week of the 15th 14th when are we in oklahoma city I think we're there that Oh, week. dude, if you're there, I'm down to fucking get down. Oh, we're off Fuck. by a bit. Um, Crowfoot's great. Uh, Summit Comedy Club, Fort Wayne, Indiana's got a really great strip club. Oh, really? Yeah. Dude. Creek in the Cave in Austin. Yeah, dude. I've been down to Austin a few times now, and I love it out there. You'd be great with Rogan. Oh, yeah? I would oh, love yeah, to yeah, Rogan. You got, you're, you're, you're good at, you're really good at, uh, you're, yeah, you're, you'd be great with Rogan. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, Rally, North Carolina. And we good got, nights, good nights, good nights. I've been, I played there. We got more stuff coming up. Uh, we definitely got Vegas is coming. We got Denver. <laughs> There's other things that we don't have the ticket links for yet that are in the cooker. Um, but uh, but yeah, no. Uh, I what? Eleven, eleven, eleven. Boom. Ele I saw elevens all over the numbers. Oh, so yeah. wait, what's uh, do what's the influencer money like? So the influencer money. So because my content is so risky, I don't get a lot of brand deals. I don't get a lot of uh, like uh, 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 bonus programs. Like I'm, I'm, I can't do the bonus program because of violations. It's like you get money for views. TikTok won't. I get no money for views because I'm Canadian, and their bonus program or their like inf uh, creator program, whatever it's called, is only America, Spain, France, Germany, like a few places. Wait, so what's bon you get? You can get bonus program you get money just for getting a lot of views yeah but the money's not great facebook if you can get views on facebook facebook will like you can bring in cash for real oh yeah absolutely some dudes am I, I know am i getting any of this money uh what oh <laughs> so i know i think they cut back but when they first launched that program i knew guys that are making like 30k a month off of facebook really but yeah like good cash so most of my income off of instagram now it's not a lot but like these these girls who uh i i do um these videos for every now and again i'll throw in a promo i would say like i do 20 videos a week two of them will be a paid promo and so it's like i'm doing the exact same content i normally do but i am react they're paying me to react to their content oh they're sending um, you like going here's a thousand dollars or whatever can you yeah can you react to this for me uh and it's perfect because it you don't even see the difference in the content because it flows so perfectly. Uh, TikTok, I make nothing over there because I won't do promos on TikTok because TikTok's so unpredictable of a platform. I never know if a video is going to take off or bomb. Oh, for real? Uh, where Instagram, I I have a grasp of what's going to work on Instagram. Uh, and so that's where the extra income comes from. Um, but yeah, everything else is like touring. Touring is like that is where my bread and butter is. And that's where I want my bread and butter to be because it's all comes back to the stand up. <laughs> well, you want people to land where you want them to land. It's like I, yeah. my, I only do. I, I mean, <clears throat> I've actually thought this morning. It's so interesting. There was a there was a lady. Uh, I wish I could give her credit. Uh, and I won't even be able to tell you what she said because I barely watched it. But she was like, she was like status update. And then she walked, walked me through her day. Yeah. Um, and then I saw it. She did it a couple different times. I was shop with Karen or something, or shop with Allie. And and she's like an influencer, but she had this thing that she did every morning. And I thought oh, that's pretty cool. Like not like I, I would never do that, but like that's cool that she's got her thing that she does regularly. Yeah. I just promo shows. Mm -hmm. I just promo shows. Like and it's gotten to a point where I almost that's like it's almost 
I wonder if it's like, but you have all your other branches of content. You have uh, you have multiple podcasts. Mm-hmm. You have your cooking show. You have um uh, uh you have your touring and doing stand up and all your Netflix stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you have all these other branches where people can consume your content. If your posts are you just promoing shows, it's like that's what you you're using your social for. I only uh-huh. use my social. I only want you to see me do stand up. Yeah. And like, that's the, my my um ins or my YouTube is only stand up. We're like re- it's really only have like eleven k on YouTube. It's really small, but I've started doing only stand up because I've seen these guys like Matt Rife or like Namish Patel. They built their following off of straight stand up, and their conversion of a viewer to a ticket purchaser is yeah. higher than mine, even though I have like a larger following than Namish Patel. So now it's like focus on making people know that i'm a stand-up first and that's the big focus like for the rest of the year and until for the rest of forever well it's crazy because i did not i mean i definitely did not know how big either of them were or were going to be especially matt i think matt matt's massive (laughs) matt just changed the game this weekend oh what did he do i mean he announced his tour and it sold out immediately and they added second shows immediately to every show and he shot a promo video with adam ashton kutcher that's right yes and and and, and i'm telling you right now and I, i'm saying this i'm saying this just as a sideline reporter but there are a lot of comics probably in their feelings about matt rife oh for sure young hot uh like blown up on tiktok Jacked. jack like of course people are uh, his audience is all like chicks like it's but yeah, of course people are gonna be jealous of course i was at dinner with we were doing that hot pot thing and my two our two friends, their daughters were there. Mm-hmm. Daughters are 16 and 15, 15 and 17 maybe, uh, both Asian. And I, and they said, uh, Bert, do you know Matt Reif? And I said, I do. And they said, he's funny. And I said, that's interesting. Name all the comics you know. And they, they went, you and Matt Reif. That's, you know, what's wild is like, cause I'm, st- I'm on the ground floor of New York. I've only been in New York for like a year. So I'm still like hustling. I'm not even passing all the yeah. clubs there. I'm still making shit happen there. <laughs> You're starting to see it's not happening all the time, but every now and again, there'll be an audience that is like all women, 20 mm-hmm. to 22. And you're like, you would never see that in a no, comedy club before. Never. But uh, Matt Reif has introduced <laughs> this whole other group of people to stand up and made them interested in stand up, which they're not. My, he's not eating off of my plate. My plate is like fucking bros and perverts. Like I'm like, I, I'm happy with with what I got going on over here. Yeah. But it's so beautiful to see comedy grow in that way to see it turn into like the realm of music where you're going to have all these different genres and all these different people that are interested in different comics for what they bring to the table and everyone's voice not everyone's but there'll be a plethora of different voices you can pick from well i think that people need to realize that like i mean look i don't i i don't even want to put this out there because it sounds like we're predicting something that maybe it didn't or won't happen but there will be jealousy (coughs) of matt and that's just the way the business works uh there are people that would be trying to shit on what he's doing or downplay what he's doing of course because they can't do it they just don't know how to do it and they don't know how to and here's the other thing there'll be people there'll be people there'll be 50 year old comics 50 year old white dude comics uh shitting on matt rife not realizing not one human being that's going to his show would ever go to their show absolutely the number one thing you have to realize is like he's not stealing all the comedy fans you know jimmy kimmel this is a little insight into uh 
into um, television history. No one's this will not is not going to register with anyone because I'm the oldest man in the fucking world. When Jimmy, no one remembers when Jimmy Kimmel came to late night. Do you remember that? No, not okay. at all. When Jimmy Kimmel came to late night, twenty years ago, twenty years ago. Fucking see how long Jimmy Kimmel's been on ABC. So was it twenty years ago? It had to be. I was eleven years old. Something very interesting happened. He got a what? <laughs> how long is? Two thousand and three, yeah, twenty yeah. years. He's been on twenty years ago. He premiered with like a, a like a like two million viewers, which at the time wasn't like humongous. But what fascinated networks was that Letterman and Leno didn't move their numbers at all. Their numbers didn't move at all. Yeah. So he didn't take from them. He just added two million people who weren't watching late night television. To yeah, came to over there, and him. then they ABC was like, well, fuck. He just took 2 million people who weren't watching television and got them to watch television. Yeah. I bet he can add to that, and he has. That's why he's, I mean, I, don't, with that, I think he's the, the biggest thing in late night television. Oh, is he the I'm, biggest yet? I'm sure he is. I mean, I'm, no disrespect to anyone, but I'm like, I was, I was the only one I would watch. Yeah. I, no disrespect to anyone, but it's like, it's Jimmy Kimmel, you know. All the things you're saying is, are absolutely true. Comedy has, people have been talking about this for a long time, like with the with the inclusion of Netflix, of like really taking on comedy on their back and like to blow up their platform and blowing up comedy simultaneously. Yeah. It ha- it's moving into the realm of music where like Matt Reif is like a Justin Bieber of comedy. And, and, his, and his fan base would never go to my show. No, and they didn't exist before. They, they weren't didn't comedy exist. fans before. He's, 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 he's bringing people to comedy that weren't coming to comedy initially. Yes. And it's good for comedy. It's good for comedy. It's, it's great good. for comedy. Yes. More people. I may are. be I may be applying an, an old algorithm to this that was like the generation I was with. Where that if, so, if someone, when Dane blew up, everyone just shit on him. They were they a huge hate. Huge it hate. It was huge hate. And Dane, I mean, Dane was the fucking prototype for all of these things. Like yeah. he just did it on his own. I mean. For the whole like, <laughs> uh, he because he did it through fucking, what was it called? MySpace. MySpace. Like messaging people, communicating with his fans, like e- interacting with each one of them. There's this guy, uh, uh, Nima. Nima's another one. There's like this generation of comics that have come out of Toronto that are all doing really well. And we're all within about five, six years of each other. You know, Ryan Long. Yeah, of so course. Yeah. Ryan, me and Ryan came up in like the same comedy club. He's maybe like three or four years ahead of yeah, where I was. He's doing his own thing. He's doing his own thing. And blowing up. Nima's another guy who's like, he's blowing up right now, going to move to the States soon. And he, or, uh, he like uh, responds to like every comment on Instagram, like talks to all his fans. And his fan base is ravenous for him. Yeah. They will follow him into the void, man. They love everything he does. Uh, and that's like, um, that's how people are like for because of Dane, people have been able to build their own following like this. People are having a hard time wrapping their head around it because it's now turning into what music was. Yeah. Like because back in the day, comedy was like sports. Like you were if you were a comedy fan, like a football fan, you had your team. Yes. And you had a couple teams that you rooted for, but there were teams you hated. That was comedy fans. Yeah. And now comedy fans are like music where they go, No, I like music. You're like, well, who? Like country. Yeah. And then someone goes, Well, I'm not gonna listen to country. Yes. And I couldn't tell you the top five country acts other than Jelly Roll, I think. It has to be one Is of them. Is he country? I have no fucking idea, but oh. he's fucking top five something. Yeah. But like, I, and so now comedy's turned into that where it's like just so fucking broad that 
anyone doing anything well in the on the platform for comedy is doing well for comedy yes and and i i think you know that's not how it's not how sometimes how comics see it but well there's the, there's i the, <coughs> the way i see a lot of these things anyone who is like they see people making these uh stand these crowd work clips which is like the andrew Schultz, he paved the way for that we're all doing these things because of andrew Schultz. and like it, did he, he do the crowd work clips or did he just putting material up uh he i think he was crowd work clips. He, oh you're right he had a crowd work special yeah and the crowd work clips with the with the subtitles, subtitles yeah all we all do that that's all because of Schultz. Schultz changed the game in that way it we you see people see that happening or they see people doing like TikTok or whatever, these different platforms and people poo poo it. To me, that's not them being purists and that's not them being, oh, comedy needs to be like this. They're too afraid or too lazy to adjust. Comedy has always adjusted. What, are we supposed to go back to the cat skills where it's like uh, there's a board of, of jokes and they would scratch them off yeah. as people did them throughout the <laughs> night? It's like, no, comedy will continue to evolve as all forms of entertainment do. And we're on the ride. And if you don't want to adapt, don't adapt. But you're going to get left behind. If you're, And I, I would say this. If you're a comedian and you can't... Uh, I don't know. You can't find joy is the wrong term, but if you can't really appreciate someone's success, mm-hmm. or or give them their flowers and go like, man, congrats to that guy. He's fucking I, like, I'm I'm very lucky in that I'm I'm very happy in my career, and I feel like I've achieved a lot of things. So I can look at anyone blowing up, the way Rogan looked at us blowing up and being like, good. I'm excited for them. Like I know Matt pretty well. Like I, I'm excited for him doing what he's doing. Mm-hmm. I got I. Randomly, I texted him two ba- days before his tickets went on sale. And I was like, I don't know what you're doing, but you're all over my algorithm. Keep killing it, whatever. Yeah. And so, um, there, I, I, I would, and maybe I'm just a little buzz this morning, but like, <laughs> I feel like if you're a comic and you're listening to this, you should realize that you, it's just like the negative comments on online. Yes. You're not serving anyone by getting upset with someone's success. You're serving yourself better. Like, there's a lot of people that could have been jealous of Andrew Schultz. Instead, oh, yeah. the majority of New York comics embrace his success, and they borrowed from it hardcore. Absolutely. Borrowed from it. And by the way, he gave it to a lot of people. He showed them what he was doing and was like, here, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. And a lot of people have gotten really successful doing exactly what he did, and that was because no one, like, and also Andrew's a really sweet guy. He just is a good guy. But, like, I think that if you don't celebrate people blowing up, then you're just destined to sit in misery. There's always going to be something to be upset about. There's always going to be someone above you who you feel is, like, undeserving or whatever. The thing is, take a breath. Like I, I, cause it, jealousy is there. It, 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 it's hard to get rid of jealousy. It's hard to get rid of it. And it's hard. And it's hard as a comic. Like a lot of comics, for lack of better words, won't put themselves out there. Mm -hmm. They're afraid to try something new or try at all and fail. Where you, you gotta, you gotta you try. You gotta do it. Like you gotta I try can understand if you're like 10, 12 years into the game of stand up and then you start putting out TikToks or Instagram reels or whatever and they're getting 100 views. That's discouraging, but you have to, you have to do it. You, you have to adjust it. it. Like, like my YouTube does ass, but I'm like, I have to keep feeding it. I have to grow it. If I don't feed it, it's going to go nowhere. And you're going to fail. You're going to fail a lot and let yourself fail. Yeah. Let yourself fail. It sucks and- to fail, but you know what? Here's the one thing I know is when you fail, no one sees it. 
Yeah, absolutely. No one gives a fuck. And it, like it, it, people give way more of a fuck when you're big and like uh, they'll start hacking at you and, and, and nipping at you. And also those people who are nipping at you probably never appreciated <laughs> your content in the first place. No. The people who are there with you from day one aren't doing any of that bullshit. You just got to serve the people, serve that, serve the thing that feeds you. Yes. Like give the f fucking, what does Leanne says to Isla? Isla has two wolves, a good wolf and a bad wolf. Who's what wolf are you feeding to the night? Yeah, and Isla always says the bad wolf. <laughs> it's She's hard like, not to feed the, the, the bad, bad wolf. The fucking the bad wolf helps you drink. I call the bad wolf having a drink with a bad wolf oh. is fucking fun. I call it the beast. I'm like the beast gnaws at me. I want to go to the gym. I want to e eat clean. I want to take care of myself. Yeah, but the beast is always like, man, just have a drink. Like, uh. yo, eat some pasta. Like, text that girl. I said it when text her. No text her. Text her. Like, it's all oh, the beast is always gnawing at me. I'm but, trying to think of the last comic i was truly jealous of because I, I have a weird thing i don't get when i was played sports i was very competitive i have a i'm very 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 competitive mm -hmm. but i had to <coughs> i had to separate the two when i um i had to separate the two because i stopped i stopped playing sports and i just realized i'm not going to play sports competitively the way i did in the past because it's not healthy for my brain yeah it's not healthy for my brain at all i was just talking to my uh my buddy pete my assistant today and we were talking and we were talking about tennis and it brings up so much fucking so many bad feelings because i was so competitive yeah and i was not as good as everyone else i just wasn't and i was playing competitively as a child and i go and i, I there was a thing of a woman melting down on on screen on match point on netflix and i go just so you know that's where i lived yeah that's where i lived that's where i lived um but I, the last person I was, I, for whatever reason, when I got into comedy, I think I was so bad at it. And I was watching so many people so much better than me than like with the first time I saw Chappelle, I was just blown away. Yeah. Like the first time I saw Dane, I was blown away. And to be friends with those guys, and I was also older. So I, was, I started when I was 26. So to be friends with those guys was like such a cool fucking thing to be friends with great comedians. Yeah. I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. And I've always had, I've always, I have a low self-esteem, so I've always had a very poor, honest, a poor view of myself. Like, I have to remind myself of things I've done because I, I just see the things I haven't accomplished. Yes, of course. That I don't think I have had, I don't think I've had any real pure jealousy of another comic succeeding. Because I always go like, like when Schultz did the turn your phone. Yeah. I just enjoyed it too much to be jealous. You're like, this is great. Yeah, this really? is great. Why wouldn't you like it? Like, I don't understand. I don't understand that. That I really don't understand that vibe of going getting jealous when, uh, when Segura. I mean, I've, I've told this story a million times, but when he told me how much money he was making, I, I actually had a moment where I had to sit and go, can I sit with this information and be cool with it and still have, like, not be jealous of my best friend? Yeah. And then when he told me that number, I was like hold on that's a real number we can make i remember thinking that yeah there has to be someone i was jealous of but that like you said it in itself you said when like you're like oh, there's been so so many times that uh, that i'm growing when i'm like i feel like i have i only look at the things i haven't done taking the perspective and and stretching out and realizing what you've accomplished like realizing where you came from is such an important part in removing that jealousy taking appreciation for your own life like i when I moved to Toronto, I was homeless. 
I I was uh I was living in a youth shelter. So like my whole thing was I I sold my scuba diving gear because I wanted to get a plane ticket to go to Toronto because I had I've been doing stand up for like a year and I was like this in Mexico is, in Mexico and I was like this is what I want to do this is what I want to do I had no money I was broke as shit sold my diving gear at like five hundred four hundred bucks or something like that bought a plane ticket by the time I got to downtown Toronto I had twenty five dollars left I went to a Starbucks I took out my little shitty laptop I googled Toronto homeless shelters I found a youth shelter close by went there. When I got there, they're like, we have no beds. So we're going to have to send you to a men's shelter. And a men's shelter is like a much more intense environment. But they're like, but we can feed you. So I was sitting there. I was eating. And I was kind of contemplating the situation. And then someone showed up. And they were drunk. And they had a zero tolerance policy on on like alcohol or drugs or anything. So they're like, he can't stay here tonight. So you can have a bed tonight. And I was like, oh, my God. So then I got a bed. And then I got to stay there. And I stayed there for like six months while I would go out at night and do stand-up. For real? They would let me break curfew to do stand-up. And you well. couldn't drink? Oh, I couldn't drink or anything. I didn't drink. I didn't do drugs. I didn't do anything. Um, Man, you got to really want to do stand-up. <laughs> You gotta really want to do stand up. I actually part of it was moving when I moved to Toronto. I I I would say ninety five percent of my sets have been sober because I was like I don't want I don't need alcohol to recreate what I'm making. That's fucking the first time I ever did stand up. Uh, fucking, I've said it. I've keep dodging him. I I'm not dodging him, but I keep missing his call. But uh, Christian Harloff is yeah. a stand up comic, or he's just podcasting now, but he was a stand up comic. He was there the very first night I did stand up in Tallahassee and I had a Miller light and he said, I wouldn't do that if I were you. Yeah. I said, what? And he goes, you don't want to need that to be funny. Exactly. And I went up on stage sober and I killed and I went, thank God I didn't bring that alcohol with me. Cause if you need, cause then it's like, that's every night, especially yeah. when you're coming up, it's like fucking you're out every single fucking night uh-huh. doing it. But I look back on like, man, where I'm at now, what I'm doing, like I want the road to keep progressing in a positive direction. But if I stayed here, for the rest of my life, I would be like, to accomplish this, like, it, it, I'm already like, this is incredible. And to yeah. see my friends excel who have been working so fucking hard and trying to have all the pieces come together, I'm like, fuck yes. I remember hearing that Ray Romano and David Tell were friends and that David Tell, that Ray Romano would fly out of Tell to punch up scripts for like $125,000. And I went, I remember, and I was friends with this guy named Dimitri Martin. And I was like, so if I just stick around, I'll get a job. Yeah. Like if I just stick around, like you just keep doing a good job. Now, granted, I didn't. I don't think I realized how brilliant Atel was at the time. Yeah. But like, I really think that there's no there's uh, there's no place for. Je- I remember like just it's just jealousy in this business. It's so bizarre because you you want every you I mean it makes sense. I, I'm trying to I'm trying to be honest with myself and try to find. Someone I was jealous of. I remember. I remember wishing I had uh, Nick Swartzen and Dane's careers because I was. I was like. I was like. I. But I had kids, and I was. I was bummed that I had kids because I was like. I, I look like. I look like a, a, a dad, and I don't want to be a dad. I'm still cool. Yeah. And I remember being like. I remember that feeling of being like. You want to be out there fucking bitches and all the shit. I was like. I was like. I want to be like the one because everyone thought Dane did drugs, and I was like throw me in that fucking briar patch <laughs> everyone thinks i haven't i have to tell people i do drugs yeah and so i don't think and i like even when i met tosh he was fucking he was like someone you met and you were like oh cool we'll be friends and then you found out about his career and you were like holy shit ne- i was never jealous i was like i think it's also I, i've always been like i've always had this like thing that, that everyone i always thought i always think everyone's a better comic than i am 
and I, I whether it's accurate or not, I just I still feel like that. I, I feel mean, like I'm a good comic. Don't get me wrong. I think I'm a good comic, but like I've always looked at everyone as like <coughs> who did I just tell this to the, the other day? I thought everyone was older than me when I was a kid. And I was hanging out with this kid and I was getting the money at the at the gift shop or whatever at the at the snack bar. Yeah. And I was like, I'd get it, like he'd like kind of work me, but he was an older kid. And then I was I was twelve and I was like, So where do you go to school? And he was like, Tell me everywhere. And I was like, Wait, where's that? And he was like, I'm in fifth grade. And I go, Wait, you're ten? He was like, Yeah, I go, I'm twelve. I was hanging out with this ten year old thinking he was fucking was fifteen. Cool. Yeah, you're like, Oh, he's cool. I was like, I want to be that ten year old. I never was. I yeah. never could be that ten year old. Amy Schumer oh. was that ten year old. I've always had a problem with authority or people older than me of like feeling like once they're that in my head, someone who I perceive is greater than me, it's like it's done. I can't over I've constantly worked on trying to overcome that. But it's a thing where I'll start to feel anxious or insecure around them. Yeah. And like revert to this version of myself that I don't want to be. I just got rid of it. Did you? I just got rid of it. It's crazy. I was in a box. I was in a box where I would have said I would have made a fool of myself. I was in a luxury box where I should have made a fool of myself from beginning of the night to the end of the night and i did not in any capacity and i played it so cool and even when i did kind of act out a little bit like where i was like where i normally would have been like huh it was such an isolated event that i took it to the pimp shit i was like oh that's just pimp shit like that's what like i just recently got there that's amazing yeah but i think you i bet i also i've been in the business 22 years 25 whatever i feel like i've i feel like i've gotten to a place where it's like I'm always shocked that anyone knows who I am. Like, you know, you're like one of the biggest things running right now. I don't like, see it. If you I said to, I, I was on the phone with this comedian. Tom was on the phone with this comedian. I said, "Oh, I know them. They're hilarious." And then he goes, "Burst this I go, "See if they know who I am." And, and the person's like, "Are you being serious right now?" Like, yeah, I know, Bert. but that's who I am for real. I, that's who I am for real. I like. I was hanging out with a girl recently. And I was like, I'm doing Burt Kreischer's podcast. And she's like, who's Burt Kreischer? And then I showed her you. And she was like, oh, that guy. The, she talked about your clip on from Barstool when you were like, I love drinking. I never want to stop drinking. She goes, yeah. he's fucking hilarious. Oh. Dude, you're reverberating through everything right now. Well, thank you. Uh... And this isn't to come here to suck your dick, but it's just true. And it's true. You're like massive, bro. Oh, well, thank you. You're not Burt Chrysler anymore. Oh, that's what I wanted to hear because I feel like I always feel like Burnt Chrysler. Mm-mm. You're not, man. You are like, you are like v- becoming a household name. <laughs> well, <coughs> from your mouth to God's ears, I would love that. <laughs> I would love that. I would love to. I would love to just tap out, and I keep saying tap out, but there's no tap out in this business. No, like I think you like, do. You, do you get tired of creating content? Uh, the content, no. I really do enjoy creating the content. It's a small piece of what I do. The stand-up is like, I love, like, uh, it, when you craft a new joke and you do it, like, that's, and it works. Can I the, tell you the punchline I wrote in my sleep last night? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So help me fix this. I'm going to tell you the dream I had mm-hmm. and the punchline I had. I woke up, and it was so funny, I wrote it down. Yeah. Very seldomly do I get up and write it down. Then I read it this morning, and I was like, it's not the greatest punchline. I had a dream. So my wife and I listened to a song. So it comes back to my wife and I listened to a, the Moody Blues last night. Do you know who the Moody Blues are? I don't know them. Uh, they sing. Uh, they they sing one song called 
Uh, nights in white satin. Night in me. Forever in <laughs> love. Maybe. Because yeah. I love you. Love okay. You, yeah. Love I'm a, you. I'm a boy. Yeah, I love you. Love you. So this is how stupid I am. The name of the song is Nights in White Satin. And Leanne said, uh, is, do you think that song's about making love? I was like, no, it's about the clan. She goes, what? And I go, Nights in White Satin. And she goes, dummy, it's not K-N-I-G-H-T. It's N-I-G. And I went, oh. Oh, so it was like Nights <laughs> in White Satin. And so... I, we couldn't stop laughing about the fact that I thought it was knights and whites. Like, she goes, who would write that fucking song? I just always thought it was knights, like like, yeah. like the knights of the Ku Klux Klan. And so fucking... <laughs> like, racist song, but it slaps, Knights man. and whites, and I love you. Dude, can't, can't yeah. deny a banger. So, last night I had a dream, okay, of me and a guy walking through the woods and walking up to a huge clan rally and i see it and i look at the guy and i say i thought you said clam rally and i started laughing so hard i woke myself up i thought you said clam rally and i could not stop laughing and i wrote it down i go clam rally yeah i thought you said clam rally but I, I was so fucking, I, I stayed awake for a little bit after that. Cause I, once you get up to write something down, you're yeah. up. Yeah. What amazed me about it, and this is one of the things that, I, and it usually leads me into lucid dreaming, because I can realize this while I'm dreaming, is that in this dream, I went, I, my brain created a scenario where I walked onto a clan rally to, with another guy. And I talked to the guy, and, and and my brain gave me the line of saying, I thought you said clam rally. Yeah. It's so bizarre that your brain would do that, that your brain has the capacity while you're sleeping to create a scenario where there's this weird punchline that you, you I didn't think of it. My brain did yeah. subconsciously. And I, I started giggling, and I went, that, there's got to be something to it. I think if you create a little more context, if you were like, I had this dream where I was walking with this guy and had this bib on and I was holding a fork and knife. Like you kind of paint yeah. the picture that you're ready to eat more and then you oh, yeah, see yeah, that. Yeah. Then you go, that paints it a little bit more. Because I almost see that as a sketch. Did you ever see Six Second Sketches? Mm -mm. It was this sketch thing where there was one with Patton Oswald where it was this guy and he's like, I'm a wizard. You will all die. It's Patton Oswald shooting lightning out of his hands. And then it zooms out and he's in like a retirement home, home and he's a vegetable. And then this nurse is like, he thinks he's running. Like that's the whole sketch just in that one little yeah. bit. And that makes me think of six second sketches. You walking up, you have your bib on, there's a clam on it. You have your fork and knife and there's a cross burning and you're like, I thought you said clam rally. And then it just fucking ends. That's the that's context I get. That's really, I wish I. Hey, can you just do it for me and then send me the, the send you <laughs> the bonus money? <clears throat> yeah, I'll get the. I'll get I'm not the good at, like some guys are really good at sketches. I'm not good at them either. No. Like there's a guy Nick Antonian. I don't know Nick Antonian. He's he's friends with my buddy Jason Nash and David Dobrik, and he's really good. He's good at doing like they've been. He does this thing where he like 
like he'll hold his finger like this for the elevator doors. Yeah. And every time the door elevator door opens, it's something hilarious. Like one, they were putting, bringing a coffin in. Oh, he's I like, can't. Oh, uh, I've seen, I've seen that like prank before that, that whole thing. That's him. I'm sure I'm saying his name wrong. Nick. I he did. Him, he him. was a part of one of the best things ever was. We kind of look alike when you look at us. Like when I look at him shirtless, I go, is that me? He's lost some weight. He's lost, he's lost a bunch of weight. But he's got one of the best sketches ever where David Dobrik told his brother. Oh, that he's invisible? Oh, I've seen that. And he's like crying and everything. Like, yeah, I'm right here. Like, oh, he touched me. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, the and invisible then, one is great. I love it. He's like, take a picture with me. And they pre-took the picture. Yeah, they pre-took the picture. Dude, yeah, I it's saw. so fucking good. Love that. Those, but like, I'm not good at those. I, I've I've done a couple. I don't think I've ever done a sketch. Could I piss real quick? Go piss. I gotta piss. Yeah, so go piss. Bad. So, what's the rest of your day look like? Mm. I'm doing Steph Tolev's podcast after this. Steph Tolev's who I was talking about. Oh, who? Oh, Steph, who? when I was Thomas talking on the phone to someone, and I go. Tell her I said hi. Does she know who I am? Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Steph told him. Yeah. yeah, no, Steph. Because Steph's an, also another Toronto person. Yeah. Oh, for real. So, yeah, she like. Uh, I don't know if she's from Toronto. Please I'm not tell her. Real. Please tell her I want to have her on my podcast, oh, dude. I think <clears> she would love to do <clears> your <throat> podcast. Can we reach out to Steph Toller? Yeah, yeah. I, just she, we were talking about squirting. Okay, great. Because she's a squirter. Is she? Yeah. Well, I did not. Maybe know that. I shouldn't be out outing squirters. But yeah. And <laughs> well, so, she talks about it on her pod. Yeah, it's public knowledge. And, and I said, well, how come squirting something we just started noticing within the last ten years was Martha Washington a squirter? Were there squirters back in the Salem witchcraft trials, mm. and that's what brought, made them witches? Yeah. Like, what's the and I and we came upon the fact that I don't remember what we saw. We talked about it on two bears. I I started. I noticed squirting probably yeah about ten years ago. So I would have been like, no no I, no. I was definitely it. It would have been like twenty years ago. For Not me. twenty. I, they weren't squirting at twenty years. Ago. I when I started watching porn, there was there was some squ- one. You squirt were watching channel. porn twenty years ago. Twenty Wait, years ago, I would have been eleven. I started watching at eleven. I was I was thirty. I was thirty. There was, I remember Psy Theory. I remember, you might be right. So I remember around that time. Yeah. I remember around 40 is when I noticed squirting. Yeah. It's like mainstream now. But back then, I remember Cytheria. Cytheria can squirt like literally like a fire hose. Like it's nuts, dude. It sprays out if you look at a compilation. What's Cytheria? That's her name. It's a porn oh, star. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. I was like, and she is like, it a disease? <laughs> I've got Cytheria. <laughs> she convulses after she she squirts like it's, it's wild and that's like ingrained in my brain she was like the first squirter i ever saw which was bad because then i just thought that's what squirting was yeah well it's, i'm glad i never i mean i bet squirting the, the first time a person squirts you're like fuck yeah yeah but i bet like the 30th time you're like all right can you control this a little bit you uh i think what you do i don't uh, have to do laundry every time uh, abella danger talks about how when she goes on the road on the road when she's staying somewhere with her boyfriend they get two beds so they'll have like a bed that they fuck in and she squirts all over and then they have the bed that they sleep in i think shane torres has a bit like that yeah you need a squirt bed you need a squirt bed yeah and then and then a fucking because some girls like it's a bit some girls like but some girls fucking like it's like all over the place like i've hooked up with girls and they're like we got to put a towel down because it's gonna fuck the bed up jesus Christ! yeah and it just like fucking sprays out i love it i think it's great i've never i've never well you've been married forever yeah and my wife's i you know what's so funny we got to turn that tv off downstairs my wife's sitting yeah. downstairs going as the e-fuck stuff started popping up i wanted to be like i've been there for a while like, it's like <laughs> <laughs> it was back when i was a teenager i saw this stuff 
<laughs> I know what's on there now. Oh, that's fucking e-fucked. <laughs> e-fucked. E -f it's like a very famous, like, fucked up porn website. Um, but I, I stopped going to it because it got dark. I don't know. They, like, people who took it over. There yeah. was, like, like just dark stuff on there. And I was like, oh, I can't look at this anymore. It was, like, kind of goofy before. Like, yeah, like a girl pushing yeah. out foam baseballs out of her ass. And you're like, ah, yeah. that's that's it. Yeah, it's like fucking yeah. horseplay. Yeah. You see, like, someone. Uh, you ever seen that video? No, that my wife does. The foam baseballs? Foam baseballs out of her ass, yeah. <laughs> that My wife's not a squirter, but she can shoot foam baseballs out of her asshole all hey, day that's long. That's better if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> it was great when the girls were playing softball. <laughs> so we, my wife, just all right. We should probably start this HR meeting. I'm going from this into an HR meeting. <laughs> this is so bad. This is so bad. Oh, so man. wait, you're, uh, what's your website? Chaderena.com. Uh, Chaderena for all um, all all platforms. C H E D U R E N A. Uh, Little Dinky News on Twitch and Kick. That's where I do all my streaming stuff. All my gaming stuff is under Little Dinky News. And then and you're. You're a must follow on Instagram and on TikTok, but I'm on Instagram. Your fucking feed is fucking hilarious. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're that. awesome. Go see him live, whether it's at the Crowfoot or Goodnight Charlie's or uh, Oklahoma City in June. Uh, dude, open invite. Whenever you're in New York, in LA, please hit me up and come. Thank you, my man. Podcast. I appreciate that. Thank and I'll you. set you up with Tom and Push. So I would love that. Yeah, absolutely. Fuck yeah. Right on. That's a great